For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Washington offers a block. The blitz comes from the other side. Dequell Jackson. And now again, Dequell Jackson. You're listening to Believe in Colts with co-hosts Lawrence Owens and Dequell Jackson bringing you the latest and greatest about the shoe. What's going on, Colts Nation? It's Believe in Colts with your boy Lawrence Owen and, as usual, our guy, Dequell Jackson. Dequell, how has your week been? Uh, very, very exciting. It, it was sort of bittersweet because I had an opportunity to uh, fly back to Indianapolis and, and hang out with my man, Robert Mathis, from being inducted into the, the Ring of Honor, the Colts Ring of Honor. Uh, it was a special moment. I had a chance to visit with Reggie Wayne and Edrin James and Anna Benatieri was there, Pat McAfee, Cato June, a, a ton of great players from this Indianapolis Colts organization. I had the opportunity to hang out with those guys. I, I knew most of them, but the one I was very excited to talk to and just hang out with was Edrin James, man. I, I didn't realize how big he was. He's a tall, <laughs> he's a big man. He's just as big as me. And all I could think about is, if I played the game, how I was going to bring him down. Uh, but we had great conversations about the actual game itself. Had a, t- had a chance to visit with Rob. They had a reception um, the day before the game. So Chuck Pagano was back in town, his wife, Tina. So it was a, it was a fun uh, family reunion, if you will, uh, on the gridiron. But unfortunately, our Colts came up short, which we're going to get heavy into because uh, – I, I, got, I have a lot of opinions about this, and I got a lot of opinions from the guys in the suite watching the game as well. I, I get you. I get you. And, <laughs> and, and people people want to know what the players felt like, especially the guys that come from, you know, uh, the glory days of the Colts during the sure. Manning and the Luck era, you know, and uh, definitely you and, and Edge and Dwight and all them guys. I'm sure that we're going to get into that, but – as we all know, we have to pay the bills. So, uh, man, I'll tell you what. What better way? I mean, some people pay their bills by betting. Did you know that? I mean, betting on sports. Yeah, I do now. I do now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, do now. I couldn't do it. I'm not that great. But if you like betting, and if you are listening or watching to this podcast and you enjoy betting, please go check out Bet Online. It is your number one spot for all your basketball and football action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. You can bet on all sorts of stuff, basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, uh, Vegas casino games. We've discussed this multiple times. It's coming up soon. 
the Frank Gore fight. You can bet on that <laughs> via Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Now we are officially done with that <laughs> that spot. And thank you so much to Bet Online for sponsoring uh, Believe in Colts. But oh my goodness, we were talking before this stream, and we are a little on the opposite Ooh. sides on on this whole situation. The Colts in the middle of the game didn't really run the ball a lot. the The, the last mm. drive of the game, they ran it like three times. Uh, yeah. Or la- last drive of the game. Uh, of the half first half they ran it three times and then we didn't see him run it again until the last drive of the game when it was all Jonathan Taylor right yes yes all Jonathan Taylor he looked great but there's reasons why Jonathan Taylor in my opinion looked great in the fourth quarter as opposed Mm -hmm. to the first half obviously as a defender you would know this right right that you know they're stacking the box and you run the football into that stack box and you're only getting two yards of carry. Mindset is you got to find a way to weaken that box or weaken the team. Sure. One way, there's there's two ways of going about that. Frank mm-hmm. Reich went one way. Frank Reich was like, you know what? We're going to pass on him. Right. And we're going to tire him out. And then in the fourth quarter, they'll be dead tired. We can run Jonathan Taylor at that point. Right. Right. The other way is what you and the boys in the box are talking about what's going on here. Yeah, I'm glad you teed, teed me up that way. So here's the thing. So I had an opportunity to, to sit next to one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game, Edron James. And it was a consensus, Lawrence, in that suite, there was probably 15, 20 guys, the family or what have you. But at one point th- throughout the course of the game, we stopped watching the game live, right? We were sitting in the couch area when we have this big screen television and we're going through the place, right? We're, we're talking about what the heck is going on. And I, at one point, Reggie pulls out his phone. He was like, do you realize we've run the ball 25 consecutive times or 26, or we haven't run the, we've passed the ball for 25 or 26 consecutive times. So that just started a conversation about, okay, where we, where we are in the season, Edron James chimed in in terms of, you know what? He 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 validated Jonathan Taylor. He was like, the, the kid can play. He said nothing but great things about him. However, us players, we could not understand how I get it. On paper, the Bucks stack up. They're one of the best at stopping the run. I get that. Uh, one of the top defense. I get that. One of the, the number one scoring offense. I get all of that. But we go back to last game against Buffalo. Jonathan Taylor, five touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor's show. Jonathan Taylor has come of his own. He's showing the world. He's putting the world on notice of just how good he can run the football and this offensive line, given the opportunity. Now we go back to Sunday's game against the Bucs. Me personally, I get, as you said, as you teed me up, Frank Wright chose to go a different route. He chose, Mm -hmm. you know what? The long ball was working. The passing game was efficient. Uh, they were stacking the box early in the game. I get it. So you don't want to stub your toe in that sense. I get it. So you want to soften them up. Uh, you know, offensive, you know, the the Carson Wentz was having a, I thought he played an exceptional football game, um, aside from some minor things here and there. Uh, I get the mindset with that. But from the player standpoint, in that box, during that moment, and even in my opinion, if you have a stud in Jonathan Taylor, 
this is your opportunity to evaluate this guy against the best to do it, right? I'm one of those guys. I can be stubborn at times, but this is what has helped your football team winning the last six, the last out of the eight games, winning six games of the last eight, right? He has been a huge component of that. You started off one and four, you stubbed your toe early, you got back on track, and Jonathan Taylor was one of those guys to get you back on track. Now, me, I meet fire with fire. I say you still commit to running the football if you think that much of him because the last time I checked, Frank Wright, the offense, the 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 everyone that's in Indianapolis that's watched this young man play, they understand just how talented he is. I mm-hmm. can't help but think you let him off the hook. You let the Bucks off the hook. I don't care if they stack the box. Find creative ways, as we talked about beforehand, 10 personnel runs, one back, no tight ends. Now you forces the you force the defense to match your personnel groups. What does that tell me? Now you have to put smaller bodies on the field. Now you spread these guys out. And it won't be pretty. It's not the, the counter runs that we're, we're accustomed to seeing with Jonathan Taylor in this offense. It's not the power runs. It's not the duo runs. It's not any of those big boy running game schemes. This is, you know what? We need to soften, soft, soften this defense. Let's spread them out. And let's see what I, let's see if our guys can outwork the guys on the other end. And then from that, what do you do? You win the time of possession. May not be a high scoring game, but in some way you 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 the passing game kind of opens up from that point. So I, this whole deal about running the ball 20 or passing the ball 25 or 26 consecutive times to me is asinine. There's no way in hell you could do that with Jonathan Taylor and this offensive line on the field. And listen, I'll 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 give you a I'll give you a crack at it because I, I don't understand how even with a lead. 10 point lead. I get at this point, you have to look at, okay, what do I do best? Who am I? Who's on the opposite sideline? Because we have a guy in Tom Brady who can bring it. He's never out of any football game as long as he's quarterbacking for any franchise. At that point, in my mind, I don't take my foot off the gas, but I try to eat this clock a little bit. Let Now this is time to work on our running game. Well, you know, schematic runs, you know, and, and you kind of, dictate based on the gains you're getting if you're moving the ball and so forth but i just think if you made it easy for this defense to really pin their ears back and try to figure out Carson Wentz from the passing standpoint yeah and i could understand where you're coming from you and the players coming from on that on that aspect and you were talking about going out in 10 personnel and forcing them out of the stack box frank wright went a different way he jumped in there with the 14 personnel jumbo packages, brought in an offense, extra offensive linemen and all those tight ends, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and ran RPOs out of that formation where in right. which they ended up passing out of, you know. But right. in that aspect, I guess they, they thought, you know what, our tight ends, I, I'll take our tight ends over their linebackers all day, every day. And at that point, Jack Doyle had himself a game. So I can't, yeah. can't really yes. complain about I think Jack Doyle played fantastic. But at, at, do you not think, and I understand the uh, the aspect of you don't want Carson Wentz throwing more than 30, 35 times a game. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But at some point, don't you have to, like, lean on Wentz at some point? You got to be able to, to, to be like, you know what? 
Carson, you're going to have to show because there will be games where the game is on your shoulders. You're going to have to win these games and show that you're that quarterback. Because if he's not that quarterback, why did we go trade a first-round pick for him? You, you right. get what I'm saying on that aspect right. as well? No, no doubt. No doubt. I, I, I completely agree with you. And, again, this is where I have to disagree. Let's go back to the tape. I get it. I get it. I get it. If you're paying a guy that type of money, he's your starring quarterback in this day and age and, and this style of football, your quarterback has to be able to win you games. You have to be able to put your team on a quarterback show on his arm. But I'm looking at this year. And 12 games, I really haven't seen where he's carried us over that hump where he's played, he's played really good football. I don't want to discount that he's played really good football within, you know, the framework of the offense, but the new framework of the offense looks completely different now. And those games, these latest games that we've won, Carson Wentz has been a facilitator as opposed to the guy that we've leaned on. So in, in my mind, in my theory, in my opinion is you have to stay with what works. I get it. I absolutely get it. The passing game opened up. You probably had a plan within the first 15 plays. Let's give them something different because uh, who's the coordinator? Uh, Rashid, uh, is it Morris? Uh, my mind is slipping me up. The defense coordinator for the Bucks. It, it'll come to me in a second. But he's very familiar with this guy. And I just don't – it, it worries me. It's worrisome for me. Anytime Carson Wentz throws the ball 44 times. Uh, again, Jonathan Taylor, you look at his stat sheet, 16 carries, 83 yards. That's in line with his carries throughout the season. Todd Bowles? Oh, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Yes, Todd Bowles. Um, Sorry. So John, yeah, no, no, I'm glad you cleared. I was I was way someplace else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jonathan Taylor, I looked at his carries for the last 12 games. Uh, aside from Buffalo, the 32 carries, he's been around that 15, 16, not mm -hmm. really more than 20 carries a game. So, again, a lot of that came towards the end, the fourth quarter, where they needed to change some things up. They they had the Bucks kind of playing on their heels, playing the, the pass as opposed to the run, and that's how things kind of opened up. But I, moving forward, I think we got to find a way. We got to find in these next handful of games, Frank Wright has to figure out, okay, what do we do best? At this point in the season, what do we do best? Who are we? I thought we had it figured out. I thought Frank Wright was like, you know what, Carson, if you can, you know, what he had 100 yards throwing two weeks ago, you know, and obviously that was a lopsided victory. But um, you got to find a way. And I don't necessarily know what that answer is other than Jonathan Taylor, other, other than our defense playing better and being, you know, uh, continue to create turnovers or what have you. But at this point, I mean, I'm not going to put it all on 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 Carson Wentz's shoulders but T.Y. Hilton well you know he had four catches for 28 yards but I mean he I he's been non-existent to me and maybe I, I'm just fed up at this point because I really wanted the Colts I really thought they had a, a chance to show this this new team right they were the most they were the hottest team right now and they played these guys very tough with five statistic turnovers we're not going to count the last one we both agree with that we're not going to count the last turnover but uh that was uncharacteristic and when you play a defending champion defending super bowl champion you can't afford to do these things and unfortunately carson wentz keeping them in the game to me is just not an ideal way of winning winning football games for this team so 
we're going to get into some Twitter questions because that, that was a good lead off. But before I, I say that, I, I do want to state I wouldn't have uh, done 26 pass plays in a row. I would have still thrown, you know, two to five token runs in between that. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just to, just to keep the defense honest. Right. right. And th- there's someone there's someone on the sideline in the coach's ear that tells them how many runs, how many passes. Because most coordinators are aware of it. They have their pads like, okay, I have 14 runs, 16 pass. So you want to kind of keep that two to one ratio or keep it somewhat consistent. Yeah. Uh, who where the heck was this person? It's like after 15, it's like, hey coach, uh just 15 straight passing plays. You know, I think we may want to throw in a screen or bubble screen, you know, something else. Do, let's do something different. I think but, I think Frank in his presser right after the game was asked that specific question. I think he said that he was informed at the 20 some mark. Mm. So to me, right. that's, that's a failure on whatever assistant that is that's supposed to come yeah. up and talk to the coach. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're going to get into some of these questions because, and I want to thank everyone from Twitter that, that brought these questions up because quite frankly, uh, it hammers right on to what we're talking about. Uh, Company Eagles, JS, he, he asks, uh, why did it take until the fourth quarter to run the damn ball? We didn't even try in the third quarter. I feel so bad for Jonathan Taylor because he missed that all-time record yeah. by three yards. Wow. Wow. I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball. I really did because it, it be, I go back to being in that suite with all those guys. Now you have some of the greatest players to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. We're all in the room, which nowadays is rare because we're all retired and a lot of us gained some weight and all that good stuff after Turkey Day. So it was fascinating just to hear, um, you know, how they view the team. And I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure a lot of other Colts fans saw this, but there was a guy in the stadium with a white hat on and with blue lettering says, run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It, it, and when have you heard that from from Colts fans? You know, but mm-hmm. you gotta you have to be able to change things up. I, I I just think you know Frank Wright thought this was the game. He he put faith in his quarterback. He went out and got him. He, he you know he this is a guy that played at an MVP level a few years ago. Uh, he's still having a really really productive season. I thought he this was his moment. I thought Frank Wright put his trust in and Carson Wentz to say you know what this is your moment. This is your signature moment. You can get us there. I thought he played well. I really did. But I think it, 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 the balance got lost someplace somehow with what were we trying to accomplish. Uh, I don't know what – sometimes that happens throughout the course of a game. A, a co- coordinator has his um, his sheet, his cheat sheet of, okay, these are the things that work based on my film study. And then all of a sudden the game comes around and you completely deviate from that moment. But I tell you this, Frank Wright – when he's a man of his worries, a man of integrity, he's all, he's all, he also mentioned here, listen, this has been three games. I have to coach better. I have to, he put it all on him, on himself. And I, he said in this pressure uh, today, uh, which, you know, which was um, news to me, there was three games where they've had double digit leads and they lost against playoff three games against playoff caliber teams. They lost double digit leads. Mm-hmm. And that's indicative of not finishing games, which, you know, one big game last week, we thought it, it, those those issues were out the window, but uh, they still played a hard fought game. Uh, but 
this is who they are, Lawrence. This is who they are. This is a team that can, you know, the next few weeks you have uh, you have the Texans, the Patriots, the Cardinals, Raiders, and you finish with Jacksonville. So this team is exactly who and they Cardinals are this year. And the Cardinals, yes. And, and so they're a team that can compete with some of the best teams in the league, but they just haven't created that winning habit. It's no different than creating um, losing habits. They haven't been in those close games and won those close games. So now when it comes up again, Throughout the course of a game, everyone is confident. We're going to get the job done. We're going to get a stop defensively when we needed it. At the very least, you can't give up uh, however long a, a, a winning touchdown run to win the game with less than 30 seconds to go in the game. You, you cannot. That That is a killer. That yeah, is that is deflating. And so they just haven't created that, that winning habit to finish those close football games against quality opponents now if i mispronounce this name i apologize dylan salone asks do you think we saw glimpses of what wentz and the reich offense with wentz can look like when it's firing on all cylinders yeah i mean listen they they, they put up 31 points you know yet they're putting up points carson wentz is having a really good statistical year you know i i just for whatever i don't know what it is i really don't i i think Starting off one and four, it really you really put yourself in a tough spot to climb out of that. I thought this team fought, has fought their tail off to get to 500, and they mm-hmm. still have an opportunity to win more than they lose. Uh, but right now they're looking on the outside, looking into the playoff hunt. But um, uh, the only saving grace on that playoff hunt is that the the AFC is just a circus right now. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're two games out of being a divisional leader. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> right, still. Right. So they, they, right. they have a shot. But yeah, I agree with you. You you got to close games out against the best teams in the NFL, especially when you got two score leads on them. Yeah, because everyone feels that everyone when I my years in Cleveland, we would have. Oh, man. Trust me. I know all about that psyche of. We always competed, and we only won four games a year <laughs> in Cleveland. We, we were in every game, but there was something to be said about never doing something, and no no matter how hard you play, you just couldn't get that stench, that stink off of you. And this is what's happening with a, with a ball team like this that are floating above 500. You know, the Rams, the, the, the Charger, or – the Rams, yes, the Chargers, and Baltimore, and and now Tampa, yeah, an opportunity to finish those games, and you didn't. Yep, I I, I hear you. You know, it's Christmas time, or it, it's getting there, right? I mean, we're already past Black Friday. Christmas gifts are kind of on everybody's minds. I don't. Are, are you done with your Christmas shopping already? Oh no, I have plenty to go. <laughs> So do I. So do I. <laughs> and you know, when it comes when it comes to your significant other, especially if you're a male, even a female, though, I mean, what is one of the biggest gifts you could give? Diamonds. Diamonds are you can't go wrong with them. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with them. And you know, <laughs> today, light box lab grown diamonds are out there. 
they use cutting edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds you can find at a light price. Uh, they have the same chemical makeup as natural diamonds, but are grown in the lab. And because of the process, they can create stones that are not only the classic, you know, white clear. They could give you a plush pink or beautiful blue as well. Uh, that man, that they're a great gift. Uh, they're a lot cheaper than regular diamonds. And um, man, I, I think that that is something that I might actually go check out. You got to go visit lightboxjewelry.com to add the sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. I, I can tell you this. <laughs> I have bought my fair share of diamonds. I think I may be out of the diamond game for a few years. But <laughs> that, <laughs> that is uh that is amazing. I've never heard of that before. So yeah. I'm definitely gonna go check that out. Absolutely. Uh, another question, and this is a huge part because we all know you cannot win a game, especially against a defending Super Bowl champion, when you have the amount of turnovers the Colts had in that game and give Tom Brady that many short fields to go score points. Right. Right. So Ivan Burton poses this question. This is Heinz's second muffed punt this season. He seems to be getting into a habit of going to his knees on fair catches with only five games left in the season. Would you continue with him? Or would you try to change uh, who's who's returning those punts? Uh, you better believe they're probably working in people at practice, but I think he's too valuable. I think you stay with you stay with him. I, I know it was a costly mistake. It happens. It does happen. But I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him in the uh, in the jailhouse too soon. I, you know, I want I want to keep his, his his spirits high because he is a guy that that helps his football team whether he's playing running back or returner. It's very few running backs that can return. And uh, he adds tremendous value to this team. However, I do think they're probably they're probably working in some guys at practice, but I don't know if I make that move right now. It's a drastic move. Uh, you want him on the field. You want him on the field. Now, if Isaiah, uh, was it Rodgers? Uh, he had a, a tremendous kickoff return to put them in position to potentially oh, wow. tie that yeah. football game. And now he's a guy that has proven he can do it, but – I can tell you this, not from personal experience, but just from being around the game as long as I was. Kick return and punt return are two completely different beasts. Yeah. Punt return, you have guys humming, humming at you. And they could be in your face within minutes. Suppose they kick off return, they're probably 15, 20 yards away. So it's a skill set. And, you know, you have those moments. Uh, listen, I've I played with one of the greatest returners to ever play the game, Josh Cribs. Yep. And, and Cleveland, and I don't know if you remember this, Lawrence, but 2015 AFC Championship game, defense goes out, we get a three and out, and one of the greatest returners in the history of the game takes one off the off his helmet, and he turns the ball over. So it does happen. I don't think it's. I, I don't think I make a move right now with Naheem Hines. All right, Richard Evans, Colts loyalist, says, uh, "What is easier to deal with, in your opinion?" Losing to poor player performance like we did on Sunday or by unfortunate circumstances, you know, like injuries and things of that nature. 
what's worse to what's what's worse easier to, to deal with oh easier to deal with no one likes to lose so so let me get this right so what's easier to deal with either losing player performance player performance or unfortunate uh, circumstances like injuries yeah i i've never even considered you play to win the game what what did uh <laughs> what did uh the head coach uh herman Edwards? you play to win the game so if you're playing you expect to win regardless of the circumstances because you get either one of those right it's like you, you're going to go out you can go out and play a flawless football game and have everyone available but you know what bad break here or there you lose the football game so as a player as a you know a former player now but as a player you didn't worry about that we call that the outside you know uh noise or or things you can't control can't yeah. control injuries uh some guys aren't aren't going to play their best uh that's when you lean on your 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 the guys that you've invested some some equity into to get you over the hump uh but there is no moral loss you know, a loss is a loss, but you play you play to win the game. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um my que- uh see here's the thing. Did you watch Monday night football? Uh, a little bit of it. I okay, was so I was tired, man. I had a long weekend. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I sat down, I watched Monday night football with a bunch of guys uh from my Patreon, and we were sitting there watching that, and the Washington football team was just annihilating uh that you they didn't see it on the po- points board. But, uh-huh. like, at the last – I mean, they were just completely dominating Seattle's offense, right? They oh. didn't even have 200 yards going into the final drive of the game. All right. And then yeah. Russell Wilson takes him 96 yards and scores a touchdown with an mm-hmm. opportunity to take it to overtime, right? right. And right. to lose a game that way would be awful, awful, <laughs> right? Yes. I, yes. It would It would be. And, and, and we've yeah. seen it. Very similar situations like with the Ravens game where we were dominating mm-hmm. that team throughout three quarters. You know, right. Ravens had no business being in that game at the end of the game, and yet they took it to overtime and won the game. Right. That is a game that is very, very difficult to swallow, in my opinion. Oh, no, especially when – yeah, yeah, no doubt. The worst – I'm thinking uh, the wheels are turning in my head right now. Yeah, that those are – or I would add to that – my rookie year, I lost. We didn't win many games in Cleveland. We were playing Cincinnati, and it was a tie ball game. The the ball was on the five yard line, less than I don't know a minute to go in the game. They go for it on fourth down. I'm in the post. Chad Ochocinco, he was Chad Johnson at the time, catches the pass over my head. They win the game. That stuck with me. For me, I was glad that happened early in my career. So I knew how to deal with it because a veteran approached me maybe a couple of days later. He was like, listen, young boy, if you play as long as I think you will in this league, that's going to happen to you. You're not going to, you're going to have those moments. So mm-hmm. learn to deal with it now. And so you know how to respond when you get back in that, when that moment repeats itself again, because it will. And that was the best advice I had ever heard. But I a thousand percent agree with to lose with a big lead you know, third, fourth quarter. Well, we still haven't stopped talking about the epic collapse from Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl when they were up 28 right. They'll <laughs> never brush that off. They'll never brush that stink off. So, yeah, that, that is the worst type of loss to, to be a part of. And 
you know, and and as we look at the Colts, man, they they've had so many opportunities. You know, they they could be easily sitting in the driver's seat um, had it not been for late game collapses or yeah. you know. So it, it's funny how this league turns. Every game is every everyone can be beat, but you know the Colts are still one of those teams where they're 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 in the hunt. They're in the hunt. You said they're two games back from the lead, so uh, I hope they get it fixed. But right now, they are who they are. It's a team that really can't, you know, you can't beat the really good football teams, and that's what's yeah. going to give you confidence if you do happen to walk into the playoffs. One thing that I can take away from this game is, yes, it's a loss. It sucks. Uh, but it was an NFC game, non-conference. Right. If we were going right. to lose a game, this right. is the game to lose, right? <laughs> right. Uh, that, right. Honestly, I mean, there right. is no shame in losing to the Super Bowl champs, in my opinion. Right. You know, because right. they're the Super Bowl champs. We played right. them tough. I don't like the idea of, Oh, what is that called? Moral victories that you mm -hmm. brought up earlier. I don't like the right. idea of that. You still lost the game, but right. you know, right. there are some good things to take away from this game. And as I'm looking at the rest of the schedule down, the, down the line, and, mm -hmm. and we're looking at the Texans, we're looking at the Patriots, we're looking at uh, Jacksonville, uh, the Raiders and Arizona, all five right. of those teams. I don't see any of those guys. We can't run the football on. Right, I, I feel like right. the rest of the games down the line, Jonathan right. Taylor should be the focus of the entire offense from from here on out the rest of the season. Yeah, yes, I, I I agree. I definitely agree. And I didn't, and I felt the same way going into last week against the Bucks. I was looking forward to seeing just how good we were going to be, just how good we were going to run the football. You know what? If it takes twenty seven carries, damn it, it takes twenty seven carries. And if it takes eating the clock and playing an ugly game to keep tom brady off the field with all that firepower because gronk had a he came out of his shell this he had a monster game against us uh so they have a lot of weapons and if you can force them you know obviously your defense has to play great but the other side of playing defense is running the football to eat and clock it i know coordinator offensive coordinators hate doing that but it's no coincidence the guy's played in this league for 22 24 years uh, because he he's very patient when he's out there and he's efficient and you have to play the game with him. And sometimes you have to break tendency in order to uh, combat what he do, what he does well. Uh, but I agree, man, we should be able, Jonathan Taylor should be the focal point right yeah. now. He should be the focal point. And I've said it weeks ago, Frank Wright always has a trick play up his sleeve. Bring it all out, bring it all out. And Carson Wentz is still playing. He's playing well. I, I feel like I, you know, I make it hard on them sometimes, man, and rightfully so. When you're the quarterback of a team that has Super Bowl aspirations that I feel, and I'm sure you feel the same way, heading into the season, I was this team was a team to watch. It's like, hey, they can make a run and win this thing. So when I when I evaluate this team and I evaluate, you know, Carson Wentz and anyone else on this football team, I'm evaluating at that level. Championship at a championship level. You're not just a guy, you're at a championship level. So um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, I, I'm I'm confident the Texans. Obviously, I think you know that's a discussion for another another day. But I, I think moving forward, they have an opportunity to get back on track and put up a lot of points, like they've been the last you know quarter of the season. So, 
I am going to quote something to you that will back you and all the guys that were up in the box. All mm. right. As going into this game, I have repeated this multiple times when it came to running the football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There was four teams this year that ran the ball 24 or more times against the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers record against those four teams was one and three. All three mm-hmm. of their losses came to teams that ran the ball wow. 24 or more times. And two of those three games that they lost, wow. even though they ran the ball 24 or more times, mm-hmm. they only averaged two to three yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Got and it. they still beat the Buccaneers. So right. in that aspect, it was they were using that run to keep them honest and then right. using uh, that as play action in order to hit them uh, over the top. You mm-hmm. use that. I mean, you do. And I get it. Right. And I understand. That's why I was like, you know what? I would have added, you know, two to five more runs in that in that aspect uh, right. during during that, that, that period. The problem with RPOs, the problem with RPOs is you put that play in the quarterback's, you know, hand and you're like, mm-hmm. this is your call. This is right. your call, whether you want to run it or pass it. And right. I don't know too many quarterbacks in the NFL <laughs> that are going to be like, you know what? I'd rather the running back uh, have control of this situation right. than me. Right. You, you want to be the reason you want to be the reason why we win the game. Mm-hmm. And that's been, and Carson Wentz, I'm sure here's what's how people talk about his game and what he can and cannot do. And, what he once was, and he's trying to get back to that, that MVP caliber player. But, man, if I'm – obviously, the RPOs is a great asset to have, but sometimes you have to call run calls where yes. you can't check to a pass. It's either either your 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 zone right or your zone left. But either way, it's a run. And Take to, that option right yeah, out of the quarterback's take, hands. Take the option out of his hands. But I get it. The RPO was kind of, okay, let's soften them. But you mentioned – they win this big boy set. So obviously you're going to match personnel groups. It's yep. going to get interesting. I don't think anyone expected Taylor to have to be so dominant running the football, but now a great coaches, you adjust, you got to adjust. And I mean, we can nitpick all day about the 26 consecutive passes, which is egregious, but I get it. He was putting faith in his quarterback. Hey, let's go win this thing. Let's put it out of reach. And he was keeping his foot on the gas. Hey, you know, when he made the throw to 16 early in the game, um, I mean, I thought, oh, this is the moment. This is the moment where now you've opened them up. Now now their defense has to play coverage. And now that's your opportunity to, to really drive that running game home. Yeah. Another problem. Okay, so let's say Frank Wright did focus and stay with the run. You know, even though he was only getting two or less yards per carry, let's say he did that. And this is all hypothetical. I know, I know, but if he had done that and the Colts lost, how many people would be saying, well, Frank Reich is still too conservative like he was back, you know, the first part of the year? Right. You know, I mean, that's a great question. Yeah. That in some situations, no matter what, if you lose, there's going to be things that pop up, you know, and questions and complaints. If you win, if the Colts had won this game, Mm -hmm. 
he would have been considered a great, great coach in this city. But oh man, right. he threw against the number one defense and they won and blah blah blah. But right. he lost, you know, right. and that's that's all it is. Winning always, you know, makes you think a completely different way than when you lose. Because yeah. when you lose, you second guess everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I think we've seen to answer that question, we've seen what this football team is and has become, we decide just to throw the football. And we've seen how this team has responded when you decided to run the football. Okay, you can't do one without the other, right? But at least give us a chance to find out if this team can run the football. Listen, this is the, this is the perfect situation when you have – uh, Ryan Nelson, when you have Pro Bowl offensive linemen, one of the best offensive line line offensive line units in the game, and you have one of the best backs in the game, well, heck, if you're ever going to run the ball, this is the time to prove it and do it. At least show us that, you know what, you lose the game running the football, you were committed to it, we got some work to do. But at least you've made the effort. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Offensive coordinators don't beat their head against the wall running the football. They'll do it passing. It's just the nature of this. I get it. It's the new NFL. It's the way the game is played now. Uh, but damn it, try. Let us let us know for sure. Okay. Yeah, that that didn't work. They were that good. Don't I get it on paper? They they're validated. But heck, we saw against the Buffalo Bills, they had the work cut out, and Jonathan Taylor had a day. The Colts had a day. Let's let's see if we can do it. Let's see if he can do it. If I'm an evaluator, if I'm a GM, Lawrence, I want to know if this guy's when he when whatever I offer from a contract standpoint and annual salary, guys always want more. Let me see if you're worth that extra little more whatever part of money that you're going to ask me for. Because I can go back and say, you know what? Heck, against the number one run defense in the league, you put up X amount and at least you know. Yeah. So um, that's I don't know, maybe that's a personal preference. Obviously, it's a personal preference, but uh, I do think you got to get Ty back in the in the fold. You got to get him. He's not creating any. Uh, you know, if the passing game is working, it's not just Carson Wentz. You guys have to get open. You guys have to protect protect you. And I thought you know they've been protecting Wentz. Uh, uh, it's been night and day compared to the first four weeks of the season. Oh yeah. So. Um, Man, I'm not jumping off the bandwagon by any stretch, but, you know. Yeah, there was that one bad play where Eric Fisher gave up that strip sack to Barnett. And, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, but, you know, that's going to happen occasionally. No no matter how good your left tackle, when you go up against guys like Shaq Barnett or something like that, you're going to end up giving up a sack. It it, Mm -hmm. it happens. But he's still one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the NFL, you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not disappointed in what I've seen from Eric Fisher. There's been a lot of people talking yeah. about, we need to go get an L, uh, left tackle. I think Eric Fisher has been playing pretty good. Yeah. He, um, it's taken him some, uh, some while to come back mm-hmm. and get in a rhythm. And I, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, uh, say, so let's flip this script here. We have spent almost 45 minutes talking about the offense. Um, defensively. <sighs> defensively. Now I, I, I am going to defend the defense a little bit here. But there is one aspect of this game that I'm going to hammer on them. Okay. Defending them, yes, they gave up 38 points. Mm-hmm. Granted, 
a whole lot of short fields. Yes. Right? Yes. But I thought against the pass, they did phenomenal against the, the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did not see Mike Evans. You did no. not see Chris Godwin. You know, right. and those two guys are known to be able to take over a game, and the Colts shut them down. They yes. came away with turnovers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they. I, I think they did well. The issue I have is when it came to physicality. Jeez. Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, the yep. two most physical guys on that Tampa Bay Bucks offense, and the Colts could not stop them for nothing. They got yards after content galore. And yes. it's not, and this is something that's the Colts defense has had to deal, uh, has had problems with for years now. Mm-hmm. You know, Gronkowski's always had big games against the Colts because he kept. Yeah. I remember one game where Gronk caught a ball and put his hand on a def- Colts defender and just, I mean, just yeah. crushed, yeah. demolished the dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't it's you, probably- was it? <laughs> I think it was me. I was like, I, you're probably talking about my situation. With, okay. Uh, oh, it was. It, it was, was at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I slipped, and then he. Uh huh. Like I, at the point it of attack, really I slipped, bad. and he brushed me off, and then he stepped on another guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was bad. I was definitely in, involved in that play. But uh, I, I agree, was, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I agree. Physicality is a problem with this Colts defense. They play yeah. fast. They play aggressive but they get run over by the big physical guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that were you in my head? Because that's the only, that's the only trait this defense doesn't really possess. They can't enforce that, that, that just, they can't force that issue. You know, they get dominated at times at the point of attack. Mm-hmm. And this team is built like that from, you look at our linebackers, they're not the biggest linebackers. Um, and that was, you know, as I watched Darius Leonard, even though he does everything well at the point of attack, when he gets engulfed, he is just, it's an equalizer. It is definitely an equalizer. If you play the game within the tackle box, it equalizes our off or our linebackers in their pursuit and what they do best. And so, yeah, that that's a huge issue for me. And it showed towards the end of the game. 20 seconds, you know for a fact that they're in field goal range. Um, they are running that ball. They are running the football. And on that play, if you go back and watch, Darius Leonard, he lost vision of his key. Uh, I don't like his – you know, he at times he gets fundamentally out of whack. Like every linebacker, when you watch him, Lawrence, should be in a, a two-point stance, not in a receiver stance. He at times, you know, puts one foot in front of the other, and it's the most awkward thing I've ever seen. But because he makes so many plays, they 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 probably don't even really harp on it. But that last play, you know, uh, what what the trouble that he falls into at times, if you make one bad read, you can't regain. And that's what happened. The, the, the guy pulled in front of him. He takes mm-hmm. a step up. By the time he realizes what happens, now the guard, the tackle, backside tackle, you're completely just out of the play. There was no one, no one barely touched uh, Leonard Fournette, who had a big day, by the way, on 17 carries. So yeah, the physicality has always been an issue, in my opinion. Um, from the years I was there, defensively, I mean, you have some guys up front that can get after the passer that are tough guys, but that next wave, you know, Darius Leonard, that isn't his, that isn't in his wheelhouse. That isn't his strength. Yeah. His strength is sideline to sideline. 
strip sat or uh, strip force fumbles, interceptions. He does everything well. It's one area of his game, and these other linebackers that really isn't what they do best. Yeah. Yeah, well, make no make no mistake. I'm not calling out the defensive line for physicality because I I, I don't I, I don't want to get into Forrest no, Buckner's no. face, you know, or Grover's no, no, no. face or nothing like no, that. No. Those guys are physical. Those guys yeah. are are beasts. Yeah, uh, it's just this team is built to face fast people, right? right. right. And you mentioned it that last play of the game, the entire mm-hmm. defense bit on misdirection, right? right? They all misdirection to the right. And then they mm-hmm. ran left, and Darius Leonard was like, "Oh crap!" You know, yeah, there he goes. You know, yeah. and yeah. it that, is that, what it is. Yeah, that to me, the physicality part of it, you can't teach it. You know, yeah, guys, this team is this defense is built to run. You know, their linebackers can run and cover with most guys, but then you get a guy like Grump, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, uh, George uh, uh, Little from uh, San Fran, a guy that can 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 stress the middle of the field, and he has a big body. That's when this defense is not at their best. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't have a guy, we don't have another linebacker that can that can you can we can run with everyone, but in terms of boxing out and bodying up, I think that's where Grunk has been Grunk for so many years. That's why he's one of the uh, best tight ends to ever to ever lace up. So. He's a problem in itself, but I do think the this defense basically with Mike Evans and Godfrey and, and these other guys, they weren't the issue. <laughs> it was Gronk in the running game. And yep. to your point, to me, that says physicality. Can you match, you know, they, they force their will at times. And that's something that, that has to be better, regardless of the two turnovers that were created. Now, the Colts are expected to get someone back very, very soon that might help with the physicality. And generally you don't think about this with a safety, but Kari Willis, in my opinion, is a very, very physical safety. And if we can get him back, I think that will help dramatically with the physicality that the Colts have in that back end part of the, of the defense. So hopefully uh, he returns and is able to play the way he was playing before his injury. Yeah. Um, And and I know the Forrest Buckner, uh, you know, he was, I, I heard the presser today uh, from Frank Wright that he you, hopefully we'll see him in the later part of this week. So, you know, you can't afford to to not ha- have him at full strength and not have him mm-hmm. out there and his presence and his leadership. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how these next couple of days kind of unfold in terms of, you know, where the injuries pops up. Because at this point in the season, you know, all that adrenaline is flowing and, you know, you play the tight football game and Monday you feel okay and then Tuesday something shows up. Yeah, and now you're in the training room Wednesday morning. So um, this part of the week is always interesting. That was kind of something that that threw me for a loop when you know I watched the game. I saw DeForest Buckner go down, and it was like, oh no! And then he came back, and we all, as as Colts Nation, breathed a sigh of relief that it wasn't serious. But then at the end of the at the at the end of the game, in the presser, Frank comes to the podium and and starts mm-hmm. off, no no injuries to report, no injuries yeah. to report. Right, right, right. What? Right, right, right. No, dude was on the ground for how long? Come on. Right. Did you not watch this game? (laughs) Yeah, but that—that's—that's that's always been a a tricky part of the game, and uh, in every building I've been in, they harp like, "Hey, you gotta tell us if you're hurt. You gotta tell Mm -hmm. us." And you know, for players, you don't want to be the guy that's always in the training room. 
because they yeah. they jot all that stuff down. So when you're renegotiating, uh, you know, they look at that. Is he injury prone? Is he is he not? So uh, you try to avoid it. But the, the some t- you know, teams can get in trouble. They don't report who's properly uh, injured or what have you. So it's a big thing. But that, that threw me for a loop as well. It's like, wait, no injuries to report. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe you 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 forgot something here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, like like too. like how we forgot to run the football in the in the <laughs> right right, we, <laughs> right, right. That, that's a good one that was a good one all right oh man well this was a great 51 minutes for a podcast guys if you're listening to this on any podcast make sure you download it and share it to your favorite social media and go check us out on youtube if you're watching this on youtube please smash that like button hit subscribe if you're not subscribed and tag the notification bell so that you are notified next time we go live. And go check us out on Believe.com, BelievePodcastNetwork.com, slash Believe in Colts Podcast, and download it there as well. And Quell, any final words? Uh, you know what? I, hopefully we can get back on track uh, against the Texans. We get some guys back. Uh, healthy on defense and these guys realize you know what we can compete with the world champions you know we clean some things up but I, I'm, I'm still I'm still in the fire with these guys I still think they can uh we could we could be we could be here in the postseason in, in the January so uh but to do so that man Jonathan Taylor has to be a big focal point of this offense whether you like it or not so that's where I'm gonna leave it all right well guys don't forget we got one more game this Sunday against the Texans, that's going to be a – it's a must win. It's a it's a divisional AFC game, must win. And then we have our bye week. And then we host another primetime game this week on a Saturday, you know, oh. against the hated rivals, the New England Patriots. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's going to be tough. <laughs> That that's, that's going to be a big week. That's going to be a big week because the Patriots are on fire. They've won six straight, man. Yeah, yeah, and Mac Mac Jones, he's he's turning a lot of heads this year. I have Absolutely. to say, I'm one of those people that I didn't mm-hmm. see this type of you know effort, this type of efficiency. But you know, anytime you get with a well coached, you know, one of the greatest coaches ever uh, coached this game, uh, this is what you get. And Mac Jones doesn't turn the ball over. He, he gives what the, the defense gives him. And it's it's almost like a mirror image of how Tom Brady played the game. You know, and despite him not having the weapon, weapons that he has right now with the Bucs, uh, they've been a very, uh, I hate to say overachieving because they went out and spent a lot of money in free agency. So oh, this yeah. team has definitely uh, uh, played above expectations for sure. Absolutely. But as we say, 1-0 next game, Houston Texans. Got to win that game. Thank you for watching and listening to Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That's Dequel Jackson. And as usual, go Colts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.